grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. We're going to be looking at Philippians 4. Paul, rejoice in the Lord. Always there's a caution. Uh, we, we are there are a lot of people perhaps watching this today, so just caution. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders are warned that the following contains an image of a deceased person. This will come up in the sermon. So we're looking at uh, this text. Um, sorry that Martin had to read from the start of it. I'm not going to start there. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Because Martin had to read for the verses before that that had fairly unpronounced or hard to pronounce names like Sintike. Sintike. How do you pronounce that? Sintike. There's only one vowel in there, isn't there? That's the last one. E. E. Otherwise it's all consonants. But of course Y acts like a, a vowel. Nevertheless, we are focusing on rejoice in the Lord always. I, I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice. And the God of peace be with you all. So, Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Uh, he tells that to the Philippian Christians. And I think, I don't know, the big problem with that is the word always. I don't know if that's a problem for you. Are you always joyful? Hmm? No, <laughs> probably not. Not always joyful. I think if Paul would have written, be joyful when you have reason to be. That sounds good. <laughs> or on reflection, be joyful. When you weigh all things up and see that the good times outweigh the bad, then be joyful. More often than not, be joyful. What about you? Right now, how do these words touch you? Rejoice in the Lord always. What if you're struggling financially? Can you be joyful? What if you've got a job to find or hang on to? Can you be joyful? What if you've got worries about your health or problems at work? Can you be joyful? What if you're tired of the busyness and the many demands on you or the demands you put on yourself? Can you be joyful? What if you're coping outside but inside there are some deep 
hurts, can you be joyful? What about being separated from people like during this COVID crazy time, separated because of border restrictions, not being able to travel, not being able to fly anywhere and see the people we love and normally would be catching up with, as in physically and not just on a screen. Paul says, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. So Paul repeats himself here. It's, not, it's like once is not enough. Maybe we don't get it, so he says, says it again. Rejoice in the Lord always. But let's think about Paul, the one who's saying this, because we might say, I don't think Paul gets it. He's an apostle, so he's leading this super sort of life. But we have to remember again where Paul was when he wrote this. He was in prison. And, and Paul knew about tough life because he's had a tough life. Maybe we could look at the next one. Jared, there. I mean, there's Paul. Uh, he had some shipwrecks. He was in prison. He was beaten. He was uh, stoned half to death, death by an angry mob. That's uh, as in they tried to kill him. It wasn't that he drank too much. <laughs> it wasn't that kind of stoned. <laughs> he was often without food, attacked by robbers, betrayed by friends. So he'd had his fair share of life's difficulties, I'd say. But Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. And he writes this to the Philippian church, if we remember right back to the start. Uh, Philippi was the first town on European soil that Paul preached the good news. He and Silas were put in prison um, there in Philippi. And around midnight... What were they doing? Singing. Singing hymns and praying. So, with Paul, I think it's not, it's not just jolly, meaningless words that he's saying. He's been exposed to, he's experienced how cruel life can be. And how tough it can be to be a follower of Jesus. And he's in prison again when he writes this. Rejoice in the Lord always. So how can Paul say rejoice in the Lord always? And I think we get the clue from the text. Jared, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. In every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving. When I heard that text, it reminded me of the late Pastor George Rosendale. And it's just over a year since he died. And um, he remembers his mother praying when he was just a small boy. Uh, the situation was this. It was World War II and uh, you know there was suspicion about these Germans up in the north, far north Queensland there. Um, and they had 
they were shipped out of there or carted out of the north down to somewhere down south. Warabinda. Warabinda. And um, they were piled onto trucks and transported south and there was no announcement about it. The trucks just turned up, piled them onto their, those trucks. And his mother gathered them together at the end of the first day of their travels and prayed, O oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and his mercy endures forever. And for a long time this troubled the young boy, George Rosendale. And I'm quoting him now. He said, I can still remember my younger brothers and sisters crying. We had nothing to eat all day. And mum got us together. We had our evening devotion. And at the end, I can still remember this clearly in my mind. She prayed, we thank you, God, for you are good. Your mercy endures forever. Just imagine what was going through my mind. I had an empty tummy, I was cold, and here, mum, thanking God for everything. And for years, this troubled me a bit. But now I understand the faith that mum had, even in times like that. And I think this echoes exactly what Paul wrote right after, uh, towards the end of our text. No, keep going. Uh, keep Go back. I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. And Paul continues that. I know what it is like to be in need and I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, I can do all things through him who gives me strength. So that's Paul writing that, but I can just imagine George Rosendahl's mum saying that because she, with her family, was facing all of this and she says, I've, I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances. I've been hungry and I've had enough to eat. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. So this shows where her strength came from, also Paul's, and I would say where the joy comes from. It's not from what they're facing at the time, but from Christ and knowing him. Well, it's true that we do feel pain. Jared, the next picture. It's true that we do feel pain, genuine pain, both emotional and physical. And being a follower of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, doesn't give us a get out of free, get out of pain free card just because we're Christian. Paul says this in 2 Corinthians, We are often troubled but not crushed, sometimes in doubt but never in despair. There are many enemies but we are never without a friend and though badly hurt at times, we are not destroyed. 
So always be joyful. I think that's a joy. It must be a joy that's much deeper than when life's just a breeze and we feel sort of good. We know that life is not always a breeze. It's a joy that comes from knowing that we have a God who loves us and that nothing can take us away from that love of God. It's a joy that comes from knowing that God is interested in our lives, is on our side. It's a joy that comes from being intimately connected with God, as we saw in Pastor George's mum. It's a joy that comes from knowing that there's always a chance for a new start, that God can and does put our past behind us and makes a new beginning for us. It's a joy because I can hang in there even when things don't work out, even in sickness, even in death, because God is there for me. One of the readings for today, which we haven't read, is, is Psalm 23. What's that psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And it, I really do like that psalm, even if it might be overly well known. I still love it because the psalm starts with, well, it's not only because of this, but it's one of the reasons. The psalm, how does the psalm start? It starts with, The Lord is my shepherd. And it ends with, I will live forever in the house of the Lord. So we have the Lord there at the start and we have the law there at the end. And what comes throughout the psalm then? We have uh, green pastures, still waters. Then we have dark valleys, the valley of the shadow of death. Then we have a feast. You've prepared a feast. But at that feast, there are enemies as well. So I see uh, this psalm having, it, it goes through the whole lot of life, huh? the good and the bad, the wonderful and the tough sort of things. But from the start through to the end is the Lord, my good shepherd, is with me no matter what's happening. So I think this also ties in with what Paul is saying. It's not about whether it's good or bad situation in your life, but it's the Lord with you in that and through it all. And so Paul says... Um, always be joyful. I think he's getting at the rock and the core and the foundation of our Christian life. What is solid and doesn't mm, crumble, the solid foundation. And if you notice, Jarrett, the next one, Paul doesn't say rejoice always, but he says rejoice in the Lord always. And there in the Lord, in Jesus Christ, though I don't always get what I want in life, I always get what I need. God's forgiveness, freedom from guilt and despair, the Holy Spirit changing me, growing me into the new life that he's given me, and God with me no matter what. No circumstances of this life can change his love for you. Jesus' promises are worth your trust. Knowing these promises and hanging on to them gives joy. 
And sometimes that joy bubbles up and it's overflowing and it's really, I feel excited and it shows in my life. But very often it can be a quiet thing because it's deep-seated that despite the hard things I'm going through, deep inside of me I have this peace and joy in my heart. Despite the heartache, despite the pain, despite the frustration, despite the disappointment, it's deep inside. It's a joy of knowing that God holds my life in his hands. Which reminds me of another person who, who was a mm, captain of a ship or sailor of a ship or something like that. And uh, he told his, his, you know, he was often out there on the sea and the sea was rough. And he told his friends and family, if I go down and I go down with the ship and I'm lost, <laughs> he said, I trust in the Lord and I know and believe in the Lord. And I know that the Lord is holding the ocean in which I've gone down with the ship. So in there too was that trust and faith that the Lord is there, in there no matter what happens. Not just in the safe, wonderful times of life. Even if he drowned, he said, I'm still in the Lord's hands because the Lord is holding that ocean as well. And I think uh, Philippians finishes with uh, saying things like whatever is good, whatever is... And, and see that in my life, Paul says. Um, watch that, look at that, see it in other people's lives. I think we can see this deep-seated joy in believers of Christ. And we all have people who we can picture who've... Um, We've shown us that. Right? It's not just something to say with our mouth, maybe. Huh? I think I didn't hear your... I did hear your address, Volker, by looking at it on the screen. It's not just words to say. Huh? It shows in what we do in our life. How our life shows it. Sometimes that's the sermon that's been preached, or very often is. And I think of this when uh, uh, the late Pastor George saw that in his mum. He saw that faith and that joy in the difficult life circumstances, that she clung to that, that it was deep inside of her, modelling for him what it is to rejoice in the Lord always. And I think it touches me, even though I didn't know George's mum, but I knew George, and therefore knowing that this had a great impact on his life, and later on when he thought it all through, he said, I'm going to give my life to the service of God. And when he said that, he thought, he thought of farming and agricultural work. Somehow he would commit his uh, life in serving God that way. But it ended up that he became a pastor, a pastor that uh, we knew in the Cairns area here, of course, and also in far north Queensland. And he had a lot to do with translating God's words into concepts and the language of his people. So, what an impact his mum had on his life. What an impact Paul, in bringing this word of God, has for us too. And the people who model this for you too, to rejoice in the Lord always. Amen. And the peace of God, quoting from Paul in Philippians, 
which transcends all human understanding, guards your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.